right. I guess the only thing we, we need to do now is get started, fellas and lady. So <laughs> I can't, can't, can't say fellas uh, to today quite no. as uh, just – that's not as inclusive today, I guess I should say. But we are glad you all are back. You all know the deal. We need you to leave us a rating on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, hit the bell if you want to receive notifications, um, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen – Every time you listen, leave us a great review so others can find us more easily. Um, we hope you are enjoying everything that you hear. Um, please, please, please continue to tell others, help us to help you. That's what we're here for. Reach out to us through email, podcast at parkwaybc.net. Let us know topics you want to hear about, debates we can settle, life advice, where to get the best food. We're uh, to go if you're a picky eater like Stefano, <laughs> even you. though he's not that picky. But, uh, Thank you. So uh, he says. So, so he says. So he says. So, uh, let us know. Speaking of picky eaters. Oh, man. Not, no, this isn't even a <laughs> shout out okay. to you today. Oh, man. What? It's early. Yeah, Ryan's, Ryan's family tree, your nephew, who at Jackson is how old? Oh, Jackson. Yes, your Four. nephew Jackson. That should not be a question. Like well, that, that was not a trick, trick question. I was like, you're throwing me off here. Who? Uh, yeah, so Jackson. Jackson. Four. Sorry, Jackson. Yeah, four year old kid. Yes, in America, born and bred, mm-hmm. does not like macaroni and cheese. Ooh. That that is un-American. I believe. Un- I don't. I don't. Grant has never, outside of maybe one or two shells, he's not a fan of. If mac I did, and cheese, pasta, nor and cheese. come on, nor chicken nuggets. If I did not like macaroni and cheese, I would not have survived childhood because that's what <laughs> we ate about five yeah. times a week. I don't know where he's from, but yeah, uh, my youngest son Parker doesn't care for uh, macaroni and cheese either. But spaghetti, I mean, he has okay. to eat that. He's Italian, and we, he'd be cut out of the will. But <laughs> yeah, the American, the macaroni and cheese, he's not a big fan either. Really. Know? Speaking of Italian, Italy. Thank you for listening. We had a. a a gentleman named Silvio. Silvio, thank you for listening. Uh, heard through a friend of his that he listens to every episode. So, Silvio, thank you for subscribing. He subscribed on YouTube awesome. this week. So, awesome. be like Silvio and subscribe. And uh, also, check us out on Instagram, um, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, if you have a very dry sense of humor, you will like some of the things I post because I do as well. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're glad you're here. And uh, you've already heard from our guest uh, we have Miss Micah Campbell with us today. She's chimed in already. One one of the she fits right in. One of the family. But uh, we we are very glad to have her. Thank you officially for being here. Oh, yes. Thanks for having me. Well, we we are very very honored, and um, I, I feel like we have to go through some of these references and accolades and everything else. Micah is an author. Uh, she has a book named An Untroubled Heart. Finding a Faith Stronger Than All My Fears, and has contributed on several other books as well. She is a national conference speaker for Proverbs 31 Ministries. She's appeared on multiple magazine covers. Almost done. Uh, She was voted Mother of the Year. (laughs) Take a breath. Oh, no. (laughs) She was voted Mother of the Year by Parent Life Magazine. She's been on TV. She's been on radio. She's been on blogs, magazine articles, and now... She is here on GPS to God on the best podcast you can find anywhere and everywhere. Miss Micah Campbell, thank you very much for being here. <laughs> thank you for having me. And I got to clear up that mother of the year thing. Um, that's <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, yeah. Uh, we were asked to fill out a form for Parent Life magazine uh, connected to Lifeway, and they were just doing Mother of the Year contest. And so my husband and I sat down, and we were really putting down things like, you know, we watch what other people do and don't do that to our kids and just having fun with it. And um, so we sent that in. But in the meantime, my youngest son, Parker, just started kindergarten. And uh, this was when he went to kindergarten. Gosh, it's been a while now. But uh, you would take well, half of the class would go one day, like on Monday, and then the – are they still doing this? Yes. Well, it rocked my did. world. It really did. <laughs> and so uh, the day Parker went to school, I forgot to pick him up. 12 o'clock, I'm at home, I'm working. <laughs> I just completely forgot to pick up my child. And so I get there, I pick him up, and, you know, he's got crocodile tears, and, and I feel like the worst mother ever. And uh, so we go home, and the next day I'm playing Superman, flying around the house, you know, trying to <laughs> – Earn, earn back his love but then he goes to school on thursday and i do the same thing i mean you oh, no. you can't make this stuff up and so anyway i'm feeling like the worst mom ever and it's about that time when i am just down and low and thinking oh my goodness god why'd you give me children i get this telephone call from parent life magazine and t- to tell me that i had just become mother of the year so you know that we find that a hoot. We're like, okay, really? Who's who's behind all of this? And my husband was like, you know, we always wondered if you could believe everything you read in those magazines or not. And, you know, now we know. But it was just uh, funny, odd timing. Little awesome. kinder- kindergartner Parker. Hey, when school's out, yep. hit the door, hang it left, <laughs> keep walking until you recognize somebody. <laughs> you know. But uh, so, Micah, many accolades and all well-deserved, but the the thing I'm most impressed with is she has to put up with her father Rocky, oh, wow. <laughs> and that is a full time job. If you know Rocky, um, wow, you know I, I don't. We're not going to ask you how many years you've been doing that. We don't want you to divulge your age, but her entire life she's had to deal with that man, and that is a handful right there. So. Yeah. But I will say, he, he is very he fun. Is. I will say, he, he is. is. Is he 83? He's 83. 83 yeah, going years on old. 35. Yes, That's crazy. At, at, That's... But he is in better shape than most 35-year-old oh. oh. people. He's in better so shape than everybody is, within this church. He, he is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get that out there that. Um, yes. That that that's a high praise right there for you yes. to put up with him and and be sane <laughs> and mother of the years. But <laughs> Micah is here today. She's going to talk a little bit about fear and we're going to hear some of the things that she does does to help cope with that and has found that success in doing that and also some of the the ministry things that she is a part of and here to help with so uh, Micah if you would can you tell us a little bit about um, Porter and, and just that story yeah uh, Porter I met him when I was uh, 19 and we fell passionately in love and got married like 10 months later. I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> um, but life at that point, we were poor as church mice, but it was going the way I had always planned it to go. I was in love. We had the small little apartment. You know, it was just life was going beautifully until the day that he was in an accident 
And that morning he got up and he had gone over to my uh, sister's house to waterproof their basement. The day before they had, he had gone over with my brother-in-law and they had dug a seven foot ditch around the foundation of the home so that this day he could get down there and apply the, the substance, the waterproofing substance. And, uh, he knew working with this substance that it was highly flammable. Um, but he thought, you know, I'm outdoors, the, those, uh, vapors will escape. It's going to be fine. And so he worked all day, uh, almost through. My brother-in-law got home from work early that day and ran in the house and changed his clothes, jumped down just to get him to finish, help him finish up right before dark. And uh, it was September. And so, as you know, living here in in Goodlitzville, Tennessee, you can wake up to a cool morning, but by afternoon, it's 80, 90 degrees again. And that was kind of the day we were having. And so all day long, the air conditioner unit had not clicked on, but now it's hot and it clicked on for the first time. And when it did, it ignited those fumes that were you know, had built in the ditch, and the ditch exploded. Wow. And, um, yeah, both he and my brother-in-law were badly, badly burned. Hmm. So, um, yeah, we got to the hospital, and I remember a doctor came in with my sister and I and began to prepare us for what we were about to see. They told us that uh, my brother-in-law had been burnt over 50% of his body, but they expected full recovery. My husband, however, had been burnt over 80% of his body and even inside as, as I guess because he was breathing those fumes. I don't know if the fire went in or out, but his lungs were in bad shape as well. Mm, And, uh, he gave him a 50-50 chance to survive. And so, um, doctor walked us down to the room where they both were in laying side by side and, when my sister and I walked in, um, we just froze in the doorway because they were unrecognizable. And we didn't know who was who until my brother-in-law finally spoke up. And I remember my sister began to cry immediately, and I wanted to turn to her. I wanted to help her, but I couldn't. I, I just remember praying something like, oh, God, please don't let this be them. You know, this this isn't happening. Uh, but it was real. It was happening. And so he, for eight days, was in Vanderbilt Burn Center, uh, just in excruciating pain. And because he barely had any skin left on his arms, the doctors decided to do skin grafting, which you take skin from some part of your body and place it over those burn areas to prevent blood poisoning. Not sure where they were going to get the skin on his body, but He went off to surgery that day, and I remember walking along as far as they would let me go with him and and then uh, kissing him on his forehead and saying, I'll see you later. And uh, But I didn't know that that would be the last time I would kiss Porter. And um, so we're sitting in the waiting room. A lot of Parkway people were there, friends, neighbors. um, Just their support was unbelievable. Uh, you know, a lot of times we don't know what to say in those situations, but man, if you just show up and sit there, it just says, that's all you need to do. It's all you need to say. Um, so the doctors came in a little while after the surgery. It, it 
my mother noticed that the time has was taking longer than they said it would take for the surgery. And she had me eat something, which was a smart idea because I don't remember eating <laughs> after that for a long time. But um, they walked into that room, and, and I can still visualize it. You know, he they're just in their doctor's gear or whatever you call it, and their masks were hanging down, you know, still tied to their ear. And one of them just kind of squatted down beside my chair, and he just began to confirm my worst fear my worst nightmare and he said that porter's body had been through so much trauma that he just really couldn't take the surgery and so he shut down his body shut down and they lost him and um, of course that is a devastating uh, fear kind of a worst fear realized i think we all kind of fear losing our spouse or someone we love and uh, I just remember standing up and I ran, and I don't know why I ran or what I was running <laughs> from, but I found myself on the rooftop of one of the uh, hospital buildings. It looked like a, an area where maybe nurses went out for a break or something like that, but I can remember standing there uh, pleading with God, you know, because the doctors told me that we're going to hold on, we're going to give it time, you know, he could wake up. And so they were encouraging me. They were giving me hope. And so I remember up there praying something to God, like, look, God, I get it. I understand that his arms are are burnt down to the bone. I know what that means. I know that he'll never throw ball with his son again. I know that means, you know, he'll never hold me again. But, oh, God, just please let him live. You know, I, I don't care, arms or not, just let him live. But as the clock ticked down, as we waited for some kind of response, there was none. And and the nurses would bring in heating blankets and heating lamps and lay them on him as I just sat there beside his bed. And, and I knew he was gone, you know, but I just couldn't let go. Hmm. I, I couldn't let go of him. And I remember asking the nurse, I, I said, if we turn this machine off, he's never going to breathe on his own again, is he? And she says, no, honey, he won't. He, he won't. And so that gave me the courage, I guess, to get up and do what I couldn't have done before. And I walked into that crowded waiting room, and I announced that it was over, that he was gone. But the most heartbreaking thing, I think I was numb and in shock, but I watched his mom stand up and walk into her son's room there and I followed behind her, and I watched this woman just lay across her son's body and not cry. It was a weep. It was a wail, you know, that she cried for him like only a mother, you know, could cry. And, um, and she would massage his feet, which were the only part of his body, untouched by the fire. And and I remember backing out and, and letting her have that time with him. And then sometime after that... Um, the doctors took him off the machine, and he passed from this world into the arms of Jesus. And how old were you at this time? I was 21 years old, and we had just had a baby, uh, our, my son Mitch, and he was just four months old. Wow. So uh, all kinds of fears are taking place in my yeah. life at that time. You know, how are we going to survive? How am I going to take care of this baby? Because uh, I didn't work at the time. So, but God is good. It, interesting story there. My husband had got 
life insurance just two weeks before the accident, two weeks. And it was kind of like to the day that they would pay. And, um, but you know, God says he supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. And he sure does. And, uh, I'm, I know that for certain, but, um, yeah, you know, fear of the unknown, you know, where do we go from here? How do I care for my son? Um, it all just kind of came in and took hold of me and, and paralyzed me really at, at first. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I went through the whole anger at God and. Well, that's really a, a I mean, night and day difference in life. You know, yeah. you were just still on the newlywed phase kind of, right. but on, you know, on the, on the backside of a newlywed phase, brand new, um, baby boy. And, right. Still getting used to that, you know, mm-hmm. four, you've been a mother for four months right. and, you know, still figuring all that out. And now your partner for mm-hmm. life is gone. Mm-hmm. And that's not everyone goes through something that traumatic. But, it, you know, we all question God when when mm-hmm. obstacles are put in our way and that it makes us fearful and makes us question, mm-hmm. you know, is God here? Does God have a plan right. for us? Do, it, right. You know, what what? This makes no sense. What is going on in the world? What's mm-hmm. going on in my life? And so it's very easy to have those questions and mm-hmm. and think, especially in in you know a situation. I mean, this is uh, you know a movie situation. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 wouldn't dream this up for for yeah. a Hollywood movie, a situation like this. So, um, and how? Sorry, how long had y'all been married? Just, uh, I think, a little over two years. Yeah, okay. We got married, got pregnant right away. Right. It was just, yeah. So wow. it was a short time at that. Yeah, hmm. it really was. So, you know, all these fearful things, did you, did you realize at that time um, struggling, you had a struggle with fear, or was that something you realized later? I think that was something I realized later because grief has so many stages. And I think that first uh, part for me was just anger. You know, I was just really, really angry. Um, But God was so present during all of that uh, period of grief um, to the point that I look back now and I couldn't, I I just can't deny that God is real. I can't deny that he is not with me every single day because when I reached bottom, and there was a night I did reach bottom, and and I can tell you the enemy is real as well. And I put that little baby to bed, and and I was just really torn between living for my son or dying to be with my husband. I mean, the grief was just that dark and that that heavy, and um, and for some reason I I just became so angry at God that in that moment, I guess in my mind's eye, I can remember just um, throwing open the the door to the throne room of grace and and shaking my fist in the face of God and yelling that question why you know why did you do this to me you're a good God why I I believe is it all bogus you know you just begin to uh, question Satan comes in and that's a good time for him to just uh, cause us to doubt God and um, but you know in that moment God didn't, you know, speak from heaven like, okay, Micah, I'm God. You can't talk to me that way. And because I think we fear, um, 
doing that. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. do want to reverence God. We don't want to shake our fist <laughs> in his face, but we do. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure God does want us to get to that place in our life where we stop blaming him and and doing that sort of thing. But at that time, I was um, not as strong as Christian as I am today, and I did that. But what happened next um, in that in my experience was as if God just kind of paused heaven and earth, and he just kind of came down and met me in that moment. And it was a desperate moment. I mean, it was a moment where I'm contemplating living or dying. And uh, and I can't say that I saw him with my eyes or I touched him with my hands, but his presence was so powerful in that moment. I knew that he was there, and, and I just couldn't even cry another tear if I wanted to in that moment. He was so real. And, um, you know, I just want to experience him like that again and again and again. It's kind of right. like when we eat right. pizza, you know, or like a huh, or tacos. Yeah, you know, I want some more of that. And, not, uh, not macaroni and cheese. Or something. Not macaroni and cheese. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's tough to go through the the bad times to get to that good time yeah, to experience is. that. And so, well, I, I really don't want to do this part again. But, right. God, I would love for, for this part to happen. Yes. And, 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 you know, that's that's really how we grow. That's that process mm-hmm. of growing, becoming stronger Christians, having a right. stronger faith um, with God. So so God brings you this peace and everything, but is there anywhere at all that kind of this fear kind of creeps back into your life or any situations like that? Um, it did. It was really at that point that I began struggling with fear on a daily basis and realizing that I had fears that I didn't even recognize in my mm-hmm. life, but they all of a sudden were magnified, I guess. And and I was surprised at the fact of how these fears affected my life, the way I thought, the way I acted, the decisions that I made or opportunities that I would take or not take due to fear. And um, and so I, I struggled with that on and off um, with, with fear and faith, really. And I was raised in church, and, and I believed that my faith was strong. I look back now, and I know God was working to make it even stronger. But my struggle was that I began to realize that faith and fear cannot coexist. You know, we used to say, or we do say things like, you know, I'm really believing God for that um, job, but I don't know if I'm going to get it, you know. And it doesn't even make sense because, (laughs) you know, faith and fear, they just can't coexist. And so I was struggling to believe God, to believe his promises for my future and the unknown, and yet I struggled. Um, but throughout those years, um, I got into God's Word. That that was really my safe haven. That was what was building my faith, was to get into His Word and read His promises and know that those were for me. And as I claimed those promises, um, they became a reality in my life. But yet, something would happen, still bring up fear in my life, and just when I thought I had it licked, you know, and... Uh, there, there it was again. Well, in the meantime of this Bible study on my own, I began to do Bible study at church and um, was really growing in the Word and my relationship with God. And uh, I had no idea. God's kind of sneaky um, because he called me into ministry about after 15 years of studying his Word. And um, I mean, I had been his disciple, his servant at church and did things and worked at church camp and, and uh, vacation Bible school, you know, we do. 
but this calling was was different and it it terrified me and matter of fact I, I fought it for a long time I can remember asking brother Jimmy who was the pastor at that time can you tell God no? And <laughs> he said, yeah, you can, but let me know how that goes for you, you know. So uh, I finally gave in to that. But that's when the fear went to a whole new level. As, as I started sharing God's word with other people, uh, Satan really, really attacked. And, um, and, you know, that's where fear comes from because God tells us he does not give us the spirit of fear. fear. That comes from Satan. And, uh, and, you know, he tries, he wants us to doubt God, doubt his love, doubt his provision. Um, there's so many consequences that I, I saw in my life from fear. You know, I was just really surprised at, like I said, at how it affected my life. And, and, um, but I noticed that fear caused me not only to doubt God, but fear was robbing me. It, it robs us, you know, of, of just, I don't know, our relationships, our opportunities, our dreams, our peace and joy. You know, if you don't have peace in your life, there's fear there. Uh, a lot of times I ask people, what are you afraid of? And they'll say nothing. I can't think of anything I'm afraid of. But we all have these unrealized fears, and that's what was creeping up in, in my life. And, uh, gosh, I, I noticed that fear will just stifle your creativity uh, it causes you to procrastinate. I mean, we'd rather go through the pain uh, than risk failing, you know, right. and we'll procrastinate. And so anyway, these things in my life were just um, bringing me to a point of I even went through some depression. And, you know, again, it was just this huge attack of Satan on my life and, and struggling with fear. And um, I know I remember one time that um, – well, I guess we think that I don't oh, let me let me back up. We tend to or maybe we don't realize, I should say, that not every thought that we have is our thought. Um, Satan whispers to our ears all the time, and he wants to say things that are very defeating to us. And sometimes a lot of our fears could come from our parents that maybe we grew up and they were, you know, afraid of heights, so we're afraid of heights. Or maybe they said, you know, don't you trust those girls? They're evil, you know. And then we wonder why we have a bad relationship. Or in my case, don't trust God, you know, guys, they're all bad. Or and, and it's funny where our fears come from, but then in life as they start to trigger, you know, and I think uh, for me um, – Satan would whisper things into my ear that, well, you're not good enough and you're not worthy or you'll never succeed. And I could be speaking on stage, sharing his word and having a three-way conversation because he's talking to me over here <laughs> in this ear. And so I remember one time um, it was the first time that I had a really huge event and I was really excited. It was like 300 people and I was like, wow, this is like huge. And, <laughs> and I remember Let going there. Go throw up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd be. Well, I, when I got there, the uh, women's ministry director and the pastor's wife, they always, you know, meet you, show you around, that kind of thing. And this was in a convention center. And so my hotel was connected and all that. And I'm just like pumped. I am so ready to share God's word. And for some reason, they started telling me about all the big name speakers that they have had to do this event. And I just smiled, but I, as I felt the blood draining <laughs> from my body. And so uh, when we finished, 
finished there, I just went straight back to my room. I mean, I'm ready to pack my bags and get out the back door, you know, <laughs> thinking, what am I doing here? So I opened the door, and, I mean, it's just as if Satan is lying there on my bed. You know, he's just all back like this, and, you know, and he says to me, what, what are you doing here, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe their budget was low this year. I don't know what I'm doing here. I can't do this. You know, what have I got myself into? And and then I realized I am communicating with Satan, you know, this liar, this guy that wants to, to destroy me. I'm talking to a murderer, you know, <laughs> having this conversation. And so I realized I need to change my focus. And I remember just getting down on my knees and, and praying to God and saying something like, God, if you don't show up, I have nothing to give these people. And I will never forget God's response in my heart was so profound that night. He was like, well, duh. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. And uh, so I went out, I, I spoke, and it was the first time that God really did something big. And I stood on the side. I, I gave an invitation and then stood on the side and, and just bawled as I watched women come forth and give their life to Christ. I mean, ugly crying, snots hanging. It's just I was so amazed at what God can do. You know, through yeah, us, if right. we will yes. let him. Yeah. And uh, and that's why Satan wants to spook us, you know, so right. that we don't do that. But I can't I – rem- I've just stood there, and I remember, uh, again, just maybe God whispering to my heart and saying, Micah, you know, I didn't need a big-name speaker here tonight because I am big enough. Hmm. And, and that's it. You know, God, do we believe that? Do we believe he is bigger than our fear, than our pain, than our challenges, whatever we're going through? God says, there's nothing too hard for me. Nothing's impossible. If and, you, if, I'm sorry to cut no, you off. No, go ahead. If you have an ugly cry moment, we have some tissues. We, we, <laughs> we, we can get some. I don't know if you'll need them tonight or not, but don't let that hold okay. you back. If you okay. got, if you got a really, <laughs> if your final story nails, you know, is the nail in the coffin. But, um, Something yeah. you said earlier was, you know, you would ask people what they're afraid of, and mm-hmm. oh, I'm afraid of nothing. I think part of that is we don't want to talk about our fears because mm-hmm. it's pride. It's pride. Yeah. It makes us vulnerable, right. and it makes us have to face them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. If I'm scared of this, the last thing I want to do is confront it, yeah. you know. Right. Um, that's why I, I you know, if you see a snake, go the other way because I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't need any snakes around me. So, but, but, in, you know, on a serious note that we're all scared of something like right. you said, mm-hmm. but confronting that is very hard and finding that um, the strength from God to give mm-hmm. it over to him, to let it right. go and to let him fight the battle. He's already, right. he's already won. Mm-hmm. We just have to go through the motions of our life and and let him be in control and, and handle that. So. That's right. And that fear is what Satan preys on. Of course. Yes. Because he brings it he brings it to you and that's what he loves to see because like you said, he's trying to destroy us. He's trying to Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to make us live in defeat when mm-hmm. really the victory is already ours. Absolutely. And uh through him. Through yes. him. Yeah. And and we have uh Several episodes ago, we talked about addiction mm-hmm. and uh, talked about, you, you know, someone might be addicted to drugs and alcohol. Someone else is a- addicted to 
chasing money, trying to get money, someone else pride or what, you know, Mm -hmm. Satan is going to attack us where we are weak, where we Mm -hmm. are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And what works for me may not work for Stefano or work against Mm -hmm. Stefano. And Ryan may have something yeah. totally different, but Satan right. knows where we are weak, and that's he is going to attack mm-hmm. us in that and, and try and rob of, of victory from mm-hmm. from God and keep that's us from exactly right. from um, growing God's kingdom. So mm-hmm. we also have uh, uh, T-shirt quotes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you said faith and fear cannot coexist. So. One day when we get uh, large sponsorships and we're making T-shirts and stuff, <laughs> I'll get your permission. But that, yes, that may yes. be on one of our T-shirts. So if you'd like that T-shirt, go ahead and email at podcastparkwaybc.net. And, uh, you know, we'll take some down payments of uh, future T-shirt sales there. But, but that's, that's great. Fear and faith cannot coexist. I love that. So overcoming fear, what are your – what is – brought you on the other side what what has worked for for you as far as like overcoming yeah that. well i i mentioned a little bit about it about mm-hmm. um claiming god's promises mm-hmm. but um we were talking about how we have fears unrealized and uh, i think that you know fear and worry and anxiety those cousin words um they're really just symptoms to uh, the root problem. And so for me, you know, I had to identify that root problem, and I think we all do, to, to tackle fear. Like you were saying, um, we got to face it, and that's hard to do, but God's there with you, and, and, and victory's on the other side. And um, so I had to learn to identify my fears, and then I had to lay them down. You, know, just, you just have to lay them down and let them go before God. But there is a, a passage of scripture that, um, I mean, it just works. It, it just works for me, and I would challenge your listeners to, to use it. And it's Isaiah 41, 9 through 10. And if you don't mind, I'd like to read that. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Put my glasses on. <laughs> I can. This... We, we can edit out a lot of things, but yes. unfortunately we can't edit out the glasses. <laughs> well, while, while you're looking for that, while you're looking that up yeah. or whatever, um, one of the things that you were saying earlier is that when you went back to your hotel room, you were just basically having a conversation with the devil. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that a lot of people fear with is is that how easy it is to have a conversation with the devil when it's just as easy or easier to have a conversation with Jesus. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, my fear is how do I pray? How do I how do I have that conversation, that relationship with him? And it's just as easier or easier. I feel mm-hmm. like I mean it's the same thing. You know, but, you're you're reminding me of I, y'all know um, Luio Giglio. Yeah. Did I say his name right? <laughs> he has a message, or I think it may even be a book, where he talks about um, Satan at your table, mm-hmm. and, and the whole talk is about um, the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. And he gets to the part where you know he prepares a, a table before my enemy, yeah. and he talks about just the the bounty and the goodness of God, and and he just you know imagine you sitting there you know with Jesus and and him just you know I just love you so much and you're just the apple in my eye and things that got you know for guys that's kind of strange but but he would say no I mean, no we like it. keep it coming okay. keep it coming <laughs> Come you know you're so great and um, but then. Satan comes to that table, too. So anytime, whatever we're in, in whatever situation, God's always present. But the enemy comes, too, in those dark moments, and he shows up. And you're right. When he starts talking, 
that's what we tend to listen to. I don't know yeah. why we want to listen to the the bad stuff, but we do. And, you know, and so he goes on to say, if you're hearing things in your voice like, you know, I, I'll, I'm always going to fail. I'm never going to succeed. I, you know, that's him talking to us. Right. We're just um, – you know, thinking what he's saying to us. And sometimes we even repeat it, mm-hmm. you know, to other people. You know, I just can't do it. I, I never can. And, and well, why can't you do it? Well, I don't know. Well, because I'm just saying what he's saying. You know, and uh, so if all that's going on in your life, you know, the enemy's at your table and he needs to go because anything and, and we should recognize that. I mean, God tells us that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And we have to learn and practice to hear God's voice over Satan's voice. And um, and and so, yeah, that reminded me. Yeah. Does that kind of what you were yeah, talking about? Sure. Or Yeah. Well, I wanted to read this um, Isaiah 4110. And I want to start at verse 9, yeah, 41, 9 and 10. And it says, I took you from the ends of the earth, from the farthest uh, corners I called you, and I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you, and I have not rejected you. Now, he's talking to Isaiah here, but that is for us, because before the foundations of the earth, God had called us, and he has, um, you know, rescued us from the far, from the depth of sin. And uh, he's not rejected. He is chosen. And so he says, I have chosen you and I have not rejected you. So do not fear. And I love that because it, it's a command. I mean, when I read it the first time, I thought, yeah, right, God, easier said than done. But the cool thing about God is that he never gives us a command that he doesn't provide us with the power to do what he asked to do. Right. I mean, he's pretty much doing it. You yeah, know, yes. He's doing it. So he says, do not fear. And then he gives us these reasons why we don't have to fear. And it says, because I am with you. And we've talked about that. You know, God is always with us. I mean. We all know that storms are coming, and he never promised us that we wouldn't go through a storm. But what he has promised is that he's going to be in that storm with you until the rainbow comes out. You know, he's there. And uh, and then it says, do not be dismayed. Do not be anxious, for I am your God. And, and I love that. I mean, you think about my God, all, God Almighty, who created heaven and earth, all-powerful, all-knowing. You know, he says, nothing is too hard for me. I mean, this is our God. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, my dad is bigger than your dad. I mean, he's the, he's the king. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much just what he's saying is, I'm your God. I'm with you. I'm on your side. And then he says, I will strengthen you and I will help you. And I love that because God is always there to help us. Matter of fact, Jesus said he's going to send the helper. And so we all have that helper, the Holy Spirit in us, who's always there to guide us and, 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 you know, doing his job. And so then he says, I will strengthen you. I'll help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And in the Bible, when he speaks of um, God's righteous right hand, it, it, it's speaking of his power, you know, and, and what can bring down his power when he's, you know, holding you up like that. And so for me, um, I had to identify that fear. I had to lay it down. And then I had to claim this as uh, my promise. You know, that this this is what God says to me. And so I began 
to read and meditate on that before I went to bed every night. I just wanted to get it in my mind, in my heart, that, that God is my God and that he chose me and I'm not rejected and he's my help and he's my strength and he's going to uphold me and he, he is, you know, king of the castle. And, <laughs> and I would let that sink in because I had to change my thinking that when he, Satan started whispering, I had to have something, some promise that I could go to to counteract that. And, uh, and and I'm telling you, it works. I mean, even the verse that says, resist the devil and he will flee. Well, this is one way we can resist when he starts those thoughts and we get into the word and, you know, he's out of there. But I would just say to anybody that's struggling with fear, you know, to, to, to do that, to identify the fear, you know, to lay it down before God and, and read and meditate on this, you know, day or night, even the first time in the morning, quit watching the news and so, social media where that increases our anxiety and stress and fear and start out here in, in God's word with, with just this one little passage. And I pray, I asked God, I said, God, you know, I'm laying this down. I'm claiming it. God, would you use it in my life to conquer this fear? Would you change my thinking? You know, would you make this promise a reality in my life? And and those are the kind of prayers God says yes. He, I mean, he wants to answer those prayers because he said it's already done. And I just want you to believe it and claim it for yourself. And what I'm finding is victory on the other end. And so that's, that's my way of, of conquering, you know, fears in my life as they come up and they still do because satan's he's always going to knock on the door for sure you know? yes yeah, yeah. And, and god is going to if we're if we're struggling with something and we we dive into his word he's going to provide us something if we're being diligent and being um you know have the right attitude and mindset and not just sitting down and read, okay, well, I read it. He didn't tell me. You know, you have yeah, to meditate and take time to listen and, mm-hmm. and read, and he's going to point you to something, and it's not going to make sense. Mm-hmm. Earthly, how did I get to this? Right. Or I've read this a hundred times, but it's saying something different today. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, you do have to be diligent and meditate, mm-hmm. and he, he's going to carry us through because he he, he's already won. He's already mm-hmm. done. We just... He wants us to take those steps and have that faith and trust in him. That's right. One of the things you're involved in is Pro- Proverbs 31 Ministries. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that and what that is? Yeah, Proverbs 31 Ministries is a ministry um, of women, ministering to women. And uh, we, gosh, we have online free devotionals that people can sign up for. We have conferences. Um, if you feel that God's calling you to speak or write, we have a annual conference that um, gives you those tools to do that. Wow. And uh, we have an app that's really cool called the First Five app, kind of what we're talking about, that when you get up in the morning, just, just spend your first five minutes reading God's Word, and it's just, just going to change your perspective, you know, for the whole day, your attitude. And, um, and so that's real great. And so we have authors, we have speakers, um, and it's based out of North Carolina, and um, it it's huge god is using it in a big way it started out as a ma and pa kind of thing i was there in the beginning and had no idea the plans that god had for this ministry in the way that he's using it to touch all corners of the earth it's amazing good stuff so one of the things that you just touched on was you know 
seeking God at the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. I used to, you know, get up, get ready for work, go to work, mm-hmm. go about my day, come home, and whatever that night entailed, and then right before bed, well, let me read the Bible for a couple minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. The day is done, you know. Yeah. Not that that's not good, you know. Right. You be in the Word all the time. And, but my day was over. I had made however many mistakes I made that day, and I was about to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. How much of that was going to soak in for me to carry through to the next day? Right. Probably not much in my specific case, right? But I started, I had, you know, had a, a revelation. You know, right. God thumped me on the head one day, and <laughs> it's like, you can get up. 10 minutes early, five minutes early, whatever. And, you know, so I baby stepped it five, 10 minutes early. And then he puts that desire in you. One, you see yeah. it, you know, before you go out right. into a, a crazy world, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's going to speak something to you that, that may come to you in a situation that comes up that day. But, you know, he starts to build you up mm-hmm. uh, through that. And, you know, well, you know, I can get up another five minutes early. You know, it's mm-hmm. just 15 minutes. That's really not... I can go to bed 15 minutes early. I'm not really missing that sleep in all honesty, but he's going to prepare us for those things. And, and, you know, when he helps us overcome obstacles, when we depend on him to overcome that, well, now he's going to not test us, but he's going to, you know, trust us to carry Mm -hmm. out his plan in a bigger obstacle Mm -hmm. and and build us up and make us stronger through all of that. So that's the first five. I I love that to, Mm -hmm. to, that's yeah. just a great principle to start your day with that if you are not doing it already. And it's going to give you strength and something yeah. something you read that day or the day before, whatever, it's going to pop in your head and, yeah. ooh, you know, that light bulb going <laughs> off there all yeah. of a sudden. So that's, that's great. great. I love that. Yeah. I, I find a lot of women, though, will say back to me, you know, I just don't understand. I want to read it, but I just don't understand. And so for me, I've been there, too. And I think when we open God's word, for me, I've learned to ask questions as I read. And then that helps me understand. And sometimes it's just, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? You know, do I need to adjust my life? Are you asking me to obey something? Sometimes it's just an encouragement. I read an encouragement, and I'm just all built up for the day. Sometimes I feel convicted, and I have to spend time with, you know, God just confessing and repenting. And that's such a cleansing thing. And um, so, yeah, you can just read it and start asking questions, and it helps you to understand and what God's saying, what you need to do, how to respond. I just think that the biggest fear that the majority of people have is this is the fear of being alone. It's just it's the fear of being alone. And uh, and even though God tells us over and over and over that He's with us, you know, and He will not leave us or forsake us, and so I had um, an acquaintance, this man, his name was Jimmy, and his son and my son played basketball together when they were in junior high school. And Jimmy had, uh, he was a diabetic, and he had gotten to a point where they had called hospice in, and he, he was pretty bad off. I mean, had taken a, a leg off and an arm, and I mean, he was just, it, it wasn't good. And uh so I'm cleaning house one day, and I just get this sense that I needed to go visit Jimmy. 
And I'm thinking, really, God, I don't even know him. (laughs) And and how can I relate to this man, what he's going through? I I don't know anything about that. And, you know, how we kind of argue, try to talk our way out of it. And and, uh, God can be pretty pushy, though. And he kept on. And and so I called his wife and asked if I could come by. And so I did and pulled in that driveway. And I just remember, I'm just shaking. I'm like, God, why am I here? (laughs) But I went in and uh, she wheeled him out to the living room and he just looked sad and i mean depressed and and uh, again i'm thinking what what can i do here god how can i encourage this man and so we just started talking about our sons and basketball and and then that kind of led into i asked him if he knew jesus you know as his lord and savior i'm thinking that's that's what god's brought me this man's about to meet his maker but uh he surprised me he said i do I do know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so I thought, well, something is going on here. And I realized um, he was afraid to die. That's mm-hmm. what it was. He was afraid to die, and as we all are. And mm-hmm. I think it was a country music singer that once said, it's not that I'm afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. You know. But <laughs> so for some reason, we started sharing uh passages in the bible where uh, god's servant was afraid and he would send an angel and say fear not i'm with you and the more i'd find one he'd find one and the more that went on i just watched this man's countenance just change before me his blue eyes started sparkling and and i knew that it was the word of god was you know speaking and encouraging him and i left that day and uh, he did die a few weeks later my husband i went to the funeral and then we were at the casket, and his wife came over, and she said, I just want to thank you again for coming because the last hours were were pretty rough. And um, what you said, I kept reminding him that he wasn't alone, that God was here, you know, that they were all there, the family was there. And she said he would wake up every now and then and just be screaming, I'm afraid. And um, she'd say, no, Jimmy, you don't have to be afraid. Remember, Jesus is here with you. And and he would do that, she said, through those last hours over and over and over. And then finally, he opened his eyes one time. And he's just looking at the ceiling. And so she asked, Jimmy, are you afraid? And he said, no. He said, I'm just looking at heaven's angels. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that's wow. pretty good. And I've that's heard amazing. other people say that awesome. they get a glimpse of heaven, you know, when they die. <laughs> but um, she, too, was like, you know, God really is with us. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Man, that's so inspiring. I it love is. that. It is. So, Michael, we normally end each episode with, with a Bible verse, and I, I have one I'm going to share here. But um, Isaiah 41, 9 and 10, Micah shared that with us earlier. So please, uh, um, you know, refer back to, to that. That was such a great thing. But um, we're actually going to read from Proverbs 31. So we're going to read a couple different verses here. Um, Proverbs 31, just uh, in, in honor of uh, of this great women's ministry that Mike is a part of. This is uh, Proverbs 31 and verse 10. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. And then we're going to skip on down to verse number 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So, Micah, we we are going to give you a little different praise than what God is, but we are so thankful um, that you came here today and um, shared 
a, a great story and great inspiration for for men and women both. Yes. Um, but thank you so much for being here and for sharing. We cannot say thank you enough. Oh well, <laughs> thank you for having me. Like I said, it's a joy to share God's love and God's word, and and it's it's really the joy of my life. I think Jesus was right when he said, "My joy is made full when I'm doing the will of God." So. Uh, yeah, and make thank sure, you. thank you, and make sure you guys uh, check, um, connect with Micah. I should say um, she has a website, MicahCampbell dot com. That is M I C C A MicahCampbell dot com. You can find her on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Look for her book online, An Untroubled Heart: Finding a Faith Stronger Than All My Fears. Um, you can find that book online as well and support her through that. And just remember, Satan is going to whisper those fears. But they're all fake, and faith and fear cannot coexist. So, Micah, thanks again. And yes, uh, thank, thank you all for listening. Make sure you uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good kind of stuff. And we will see you again next week. And that's it. That's, that's a, wrap. a wrap. We hope you are enjoying GPS to God. Rate, review, and subscribe across every platform you use. Help us spread the word by telling your friends and family to listen and subscribe.